Jake Mangum has just broken the Southeastern Conference career hits record. There's a drive. I think he did it. It's way back. Big hand Mack just did it again. Elijah McNamee with a magic moment. Here at the ballpark. Struck him out swinging and the Dodgers will head back to the College World Series. And it's that time of year again. Welcome back to Dogpile Podcast. I'm Matt Wyatt. 2020 is here. Now, the baseball season, not here, obviously, but pretty pretty soon, pretty close, about a month away, really right at a month away from the start of the college baseball season, which means you're ready for it. I know I am. And so that means it's time for the Dogpile. And so year number two, season number two of Dogpile Podcast Back and at it, presented by Mississippi Land Bank. You want to visit them online at mslandbank.com. They understand the lay of the land. Anything land-related, listen, Bulldogs, anything land-related, buying, selling, searching, farmland, hunting land, recreational, uh, building a dream home, anything land-related, go to our friends at Mississippi Land Bank. And find their branch offices nearest you at mslandbank.com. I felt the best way to start off the season is to have an overview of this baseball team with the guy who put the team together. And that's Chris Lamonis, head baseball coach, who in year one led state to the College World Series. But it's a less experienced team this year going into 2020. Certainly a talented one. And they love their young talent. And some guys moving around. Uh, Rowdy Jordan moving over a spot in the outfield. You've got some of the best hitters in the country. Jordan included Westberg, Foscue, Tanner Allen. Those guys are back. But what about the other pieces, and what about that rotation on the mound? Here's a conversation, about 15 minutes or so with Chris Lamonis, an overview of this team, a primer to get you started for the 2020 Diamond Dog season. First question out of the gate, was as the rain came pouring down today on the 14th here uh, throughout Mississippi. Everything kind of drenched as we met in Chris Lamonis' office on that uh, Tuesday morning. That's the first question. Is is that what we consider baseball weather? Baseball weather, huh? Right today. <laughs> it's typical in this part of the country. And somebody, I had one of uh, one of my buddies who farms telling me this morning that if you have warm weather this time of year, you're going to get rain, which baseball coaches want both. So uh, we're plodding through it. But luckily, luckily, we have some of the best facilities in the country. So we'll walk right into the Palmero and won't skip a beat. All right. So a month to the start of the season, does schedule or, or routine, does anything change from what you've been doing the last month, the next month into the start of the year? No, I think our kids are used to what we're doing. We're back in back in school. Last week was a rough week for everybody, getting back into a routine, getting up early, going to bed on time, working out. Um, this week we've been we practiced yesterday and it was a great practice, um, and we feel like just you know moving forward down here. I, I'm being in the Midwest for 12 years. It's nice to be down here. Nice weather, and uh, it's a pretty simple routine for us. You know, two o'clock practice and weekend scrimmages and everything else. Yeah. That's one thing that I think a lot of people don't realize or think about I haven't thought about much is boy you come out of the Christmas break New Year's break and there's not a lot of time from when you take class number one of the second semester to the time you play the first game there's very little time in there yeah especially for baseball players you know pitchers and their arms and that's the biggest thing for us so trying to build up their innings you know we're week to week you throw an inning one week two the next week and then you got 
you got your weekend starters. You're trying to get to 75 pitches in a five-week period. It's it's a little demanding, and they got to do their work over the break. I mean, that's a that's a big piece of it is they got to work over the break and you know come back and be ready to go. So you mentioned pitchers. Um, I, I could joke and just throw out, hey, who's your Sunday starter? But I um, would say kind of overall the group and getting ready to figure out who the weekend is. Where are you? I, I think we're um, – well, JT Ginn's going to start on Friday night. So <laughs> You're kidding. Um, and, and we have a kid, Christian McLeod, who is um, – he would have been a star last year, got sick, um, had to miss the entire year. We feel like he's going to be a really good number two starter. Um, but he's got to get out there and get his feet wet, compete. Um, we got a handful of guys fighting for number three. Eric Sarantola is a guy who <clears throat> looks like a guy who could do that, but he's got to go out there and win the job from a, a lot of other guys. And then the biggest piece for us is figuring out bullpen, which it, sitting here last year, we had to do the same thing. I mean, everybody knew we had Cole Gordon, but trying to figure out Jared Liebelt, Kobe White, and Tristan Barlow had hardly thrown a meaningful inning in the program, and all three guys are in pro ball now. So uh, we have a great pitching coach. I have a lot of trust in him, and we have a lot of depth right now, not a lot of experience but some talented guys, and, and we have a good many of them. Um, there was a name, a, a kid from Warren Central, too, that, that pitched at Sela uh, Southeast. I know that transferred in for a yes. year. Um, some local folks and fans were asking me about him on Twitter the other day. I said, I don't know, so I'm Carl passing the Costler. question. Carl Costler is his name. Costler is how Costler, we pronounce yeah, it. Okay. I, well, I think so. So <laughs> He'll get mad at me if I don't have it right, but he um, – veteran guy. I mean, shoot, he's beaten LSU. He's, he was their ace over there at Southeastern. Um, tough kid. He's, he looks like he's about 26, 27 years old, so he's been around a while. But um, we were fortunate to pick him up this summer, and um, he's kind of our swing guy. We're not sure. You know, you could see him Friday night, opening night, you know, following JT, and then you could see him starting a midweek, and he can just do a lot of things for us and just uh, really knows how to p- pitch, competes, changes a lot of his uh, timing pieces like Ethan Small. So he's, uh, he's interesting. Well, he's going to be a big part. Okay. Sarantola, you mentioned him too, competing. Just to expound on him a little bit, I know it was one of those where last year he popped out there and there's a few times earlier we go, wow, look at this guy. You know, look at his build and look at the velocity early on. And then like so many young guys, they just get hit some. Or, you know, they go out and they miss the strike zone one day and then it's where do we go from here? Where is he now? It was a... It was a really up and down year because we were really excited about him. He's a great kid, former hockey player, so he tough as nails. Um, but man, he got punched in the nose a little bit and lost the strike zone early. And we really had to push him aside. And uh, I give credit to the kid; he kept working, just kept working, kept doing. And Coach Fox would come in and say, "Hey, the best bullpen is Eric Sarantola." And we end up running him out there in that LSU game in the tourney, and it's ninety six, ninety eight. And we use him a little bit in the postseason, let him pitch in Omaha, and then he goes out the summer, pitches really good early in the summer. Then he gets picked up by Team Canada, play pitches in the World Championship. So uh, we're excited about him. Um, still, just got to, you know, he had never done it at this level. So there's always that question mark for us, but the talent is there. All right. So um, you look at in the field and obviously in the lineup there. So Jake Mangum's not here anymore. We're, right. we're working on that waiver. Am I okay to say that? Yeah, we are. <laughs> so, working uh, on the waiver, huh? Working on the waiver. So no, Jake Mangum has moved on. So we have to move on without him. And like I tell people, you know, you have to replace numbers. You know, you have to replace numbers as a coach. You're looking at what numbers, but replacing the alpha male, is that's the hardest part. And we lost it with – we had two of them. We had Ethan Small and, and Jake Mangum were just – their performances were unbelievable, but th- what they brought – we walked into every stadium and we thought we were the best team and we were going to beat you, and there was just never a fear. And the better the competition, 
the more they wanted to compete. And it's a, you know, it, we'll miss. I'm glad I got to coach him for a year because he's such a special kid and uh, just enjoyed being around him and, and, and learning from him. You learn from Jake when you coach him. You, you told a story at a speaking event this summer, and I tried my best to relay it on the radio, it, but it was in the middle of the summer. People had football on their mind then. I wonder if you would recount that here. It was a story about in the dugout where you called him up and Jake's about to go to the plate. Yeah, we, um, we're playing Georgia in that big series. Georgia, I think, is two in the country. Um, they have saved their best guy, Cole Wilcox, a big right-handed pitcher, uh, throwing up, you know, first warm-up pitch was 100. And, um, you know, we're in a tight game there on Sunday afternoon, and I pull everybody together, and I'm trying to give the old rah-rah coach speech and, and pull them up. And, all right, fellas, this is why you come to the SEC, to play the best, compete against the best and everything else and trying to motivate the guys. And then I, Jake pulls the old Jimmy Chitwood on me, kind of pulls out of the circle and says, Coach. I said, yeah, Jake. He goes, he came to the SEC to pitch it to me. You know, and I just kind of like, oh, wow. And you know what he does? He goes out and gets the hit and starts the rally and we win the game. So it was, uh, that was the mindset, though. And, our, and what it did, it, it filtered through our entire team. I mean, our entire team just, they had that feeling. And, and um, this, that, that group of guys had gone through a lot, you know, the year before, the year before that. Sure. There's been a lot of growth here to, to develop those, that character. Even Joe Burrow, you watch it last night. I mean, that guy's had a hard road. Sure. You look up and see the champ now, but that, guy's, that's, that guy had to fight. That's what Jake had to do. Well, and those guys, you mentioned Joe Burrow, you know, <clears throat> Jake Mangum, Cole Gordon. Um, I heard a coach once say, you know, that experience is the one thing you can't speed up. And we hear so much about it. We talk so much about it. I've used the analogy before that, you know, when you're 16 years old, you're taller than your dad. You're stronger in the weight room than your dad. You're more flexible than your dad. But you know, if you tie it up in a fight, he'd whip you. You know it. He knows it. So there's something about experience that is just so valuable, I guess. And and that's the piece we're fighting this year. I mean, we're, uh, we brought in 23 new guys. So more new guys than old, even though we have some really talented older guys. And so, um, we felt this way last year. I feel, I feel like we're kind of in a very similar piece. We don't have the Jake and Ethan, but we have, you know, Jordan Westberg and Justin Foscue and Tanner Allen and Rowdy Jordan. We got four guys there that played every day on two Omaha teams and so and played well. So, you know, being able to fight that. But last year, nobody knew Dustin Skelton was going to be one of the best catchers in the country, right? I mean, and, and some of those other guys that we reeled out there, even Jordan Westberg at this time last year, nobody knew. We knew because we saw it every day in practice. But um, it's what our young guys got to jump out and have success with this spring. So at the plate, is it Rowdy at the top? For We're going to try. We're going to try right there. And I don't mean that in a bad way to Rowdy, but, you know, Rowdy, Rowdy probably got a little mad at me last year because he probably wanted to hit two and he was better at five and six because he's a great RBI guy. And uh, but right now we're going to hit him one. He flies, um, but he's he's a little in that Jake mold um, where he swing, swing, swing. And they're going to walk. Too he's much. not going to walk a lot as your leadoff, and it's okay if you hit four hundred, you know. Right. But if you're hitting two seventy, you have to take a couple more pitches. So we've talked about that. But he's had a great fall. Really came back motivated. Um, he's moving really well. Ran a great sixty for you know for us in the fall and played a really good outfit. You know we moved him to center, so he's kind of taking Jake's spot. So. Um, he's done really well. He's one of the better players in the league. And, he, well, he brings an energy every day that you love to coach. So um, I think he'll be there in that spot. And you, the other two guys that are just kind of uh, household names that everybody talks about, state fans, and that's Allen and Foscue. And, you know, we saw Foscue make that big jump. Uh, Allen, you know, I guess he had some streaks at times last year. But 
With another year experience, what do you expect? Yeah, best hitters in the country. I mean, I feel like, uh, you know, when you got Westberg and Foscue in the middle, mm-hmm. I feel like maybe that may be the best middle infield in the entire country. I mean, offensively and defensively, they play at a high level. They're rangy. They work hard, um, and they've done it, you know. Um, Tanner Allen, we feel like that's, you know, he'll hit in our three-hole, and you're getting as polished of a hitter as you could find. I mean, he, he went out and had to make Team USA. He made Team USA with uh, pink eye and both eyes, led the team in hitting, ended up hitting in the three and the four-hole all summer. So it's just a pure hitter. Um, and I think we'll see the same rim. Now, we're moving him to right field right now, so trying to put him in a better position. He actually runs really well. Um, you don't realize that, you know, being that he's been at first for this time, but he, he never, he didn't come into school as a first baseman. He just got put there out of necessity. So hopefully he can run out there and play a good outfield for us. So who's at first base? We got us, Josh Hatcher, who's played a lot here, had a really good season for us last year, is playing there. And then we have a really big Juco guy, Brandon Pimentel coming in. So Brandon is, a he was a freshman last year. He's an All-American. He had 460 with like 16 home runs. Big left-handed hitter. So those two guys will fight it out. But those two guys can also play outfield. So they're left field candidates, DH candidates, do a little bit of everything. Okay. So uh, I'm kind of waiting on Westberg there. I was going to bring him up here. Oh, my bad. No, no, no. That's fine. Uh, uh, you know, I know it's one of those things where when our fans turn on this podcast, they're going to want to hear about Westberg. So I'm kind of you know, save yeah. the best for last. Um you said, I think it was before last season, you said to us in a meeting here, Westberg's got a chance to play Major League Baseball for a long time. And then you said, okay, he's the best athlete on our team. We're going, well, you got Jake Mangum on the team, and you got somebody. And, and then we see it. We see him run the bases. We see the power. And there are people, you know, we saw the, the Rooker. We got to see the Rooker thing in, in person. There are people that are wondering if we get to see something like that with Westberg. What do you think? I think there's a possibility. I mean, that's the piece. I mean, for Rooker, it just clicked in, right? I mean, it just clicks. And that's what happens to hitters in time. And, you know, as freshman, Westy was probably the least playing and stuff like that. And I remember Goat still telling me, he said, you know, the kid never pouted, never did anything, just play. He's a machine. He just comes out every day and it's – you get the same effort every day, and if you get in his way, he's almost mean, you know, even to the coach. You know, like it's uh, – you just don't mess with him because he's that focused. But I do think you could see that. I mean, you could see a kid lead the league in hitting, lead the league in home runs. He's a real shortstop. I think whoever drafts him is going to get a real shortstop. He may go to third in time because of the body size, but, I mean, it's it's just – now, he's not fancy. You'll have some fancier shortstops probably, but he's meat and potatoes is what I call it. He – Picks it up and throws you out every time, and um, like I said, he just shows up to play. So it's, uh, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, he is prepared for it. I can tell you that he works like he, you know, like no other. And so it'll be fun to watch. And and last thing, backstop. Uh, Skelty's gone, and um, I know there was a transfer there too. So like, it's all new faces. Yeah, we got a lot of a lot of new back there. We have Luke Hancock, which we really really like. Luke's probably our Friday night guy. He caught JT all the way growing up. So. Travel ball buddy, so he's very familiar with JT. Um, very good, solid receiver, left-handed hitter. We used him a lot last year. He's kind of a grinder in your lineup. Sees a lot of pitches, can do a lot of things. Um, we have a freshman coming in, Logan Tanner, who's ultra-talented, rated as one of the top catchers in the country coming in. Um, big-time juice. He'll hit balls off. He's been hitting balls off the eye drop. Um, big-time arm. His first pitch he threw off the mound was 97, so you're dealing with. But he's a freshman. So And, and freshman at that position, it's like being a freshman quarterback. When you're the catcher, there's just a lot going on. And, and with the type of arms that we have, you're, you're dealing with some real power stuff. So he's probably a little bit behind Luke at this point. Sure. So um, I appreciate your time. Yeah. And I know that, um, you know, our, 
unlike any other place, we're a month out and our folks are already chomping at the bit, ready to see some baseball. They can't wait. I know you can't either. No, we can't wait either. So we are, uh, we have an unbelievable fan base. I mean, it's, uh, I'm looking forward to move in day and everything else. Cause I know when they start moving into the rigs, it's getting close and it's, uh, it's a neat thing. I was telling, uh, one of our guys last night, you know, when we have a kid commit, it's funny how they just get swarmed in social media. Like I said, I've never seen anything like it in my <laughs> life. And I have to warn every recruit. I said, Hey, when you're going to, your followers are going up, your tweet, you know, everything you do, um, they, our fans want to know about you and they want to know who you are. And there's a special relationship here. And we use that a lot in recruiting because it's a, um, you know, we're not in a big city, you know, to have this type of stadium, this type of fan base. I said they come from everywhere, and they've grown up loving Mississippi State baseball, and it's, it's a sense of pride with them, and it's, it's just a lot of fun. That's been one of the cooler parts about the job. All right, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Chris Lamonis, head coach Mississippi State. Let me know what you think. Always uh, enjoy hearing your feedback, so tweet me at Radio Wyatt. If you haven't done it so far, I hope you will. Head over to the Facebook page and like it. It's facebook.com slash Radio Wyatt. Send me a message over there. That's a great way for us to communicate as well. And on Instagram, at Radio Wyatt also. So thanks for following. Thanks for listening to Dog Pile, presented by Mississippi Land Bank. Visit them online, mslandbank.com. We'll see you on the next one. Dog Pile, right around the corner.